It's the Score North Twin Show. Wow, Twins Fest. It was, it was actually a fun a fun week of... It was the most fun week of the Twins offseason. We can say that, right? It wasn't hard to accomplish. <laughs> yeah, we had we had the Diamond Award. Well, we had Joe Maurer Hall of Fame. And yep. then we had Diamond Awards. Awesome. Dex and I uh, made our return to the Diamond Awards. Judd, you went to the media luncheon on Friday. And then you were at Twins Fest throughout the weekend. I did not make it to Twins Fest. Saturday, yep. You were there Saturday? Yep, yep. Because Sun- Sunday's now gone. It's been cut out. Oh, they've they- eliminated yeah, Sunday. Just, huh? Yeah, they... Oh. They do the thing at the Fillmore on Friday, and then Saturday, they, I think they, they call it Signature Saturday, where, okay. but there's a bunch of stuff there, and then Sunday is now gone. Okay. They got to yeah, clear the way for football to take place on, on Sunday. Okay with that. So we're going to turn over to you here, Judd, on this episode of the Scorner Twin Show. Give us, is it five things? Five things you five learned. Things, five things. Some breaking news, too. Some breaking news. Some okay. TV, some TV intelligence that is all that that I gleaned. That's all of a sudden going to make the TV thing make way more sense. Um, something I hadn't thought about. Something I didn't know. So yes, it's five things, but I think we should start with what was the big talker, and that is the status of Byron Buxton. Now, warning, warning, caution, caution. If you have read all the stuff about Buxton, which we'll get into in a second, and you are just like, oh man. Oh, Willie Mays. Well, he lit, he lit the flame, man. He I know lit, he did. He was. I know asked, he did. No, the, it was he, the Fillmore thing on Friday, right? Yep. Which is kind of, it's like a kind of a rah, and then rah, Saturday rah. doubled down. Okay. He lit the flame, but let but let me say this: nobody until now poured water on that flame. All right. Oh, we can always rely on Judd We're and gonna have Score to pour North some to water. pour cold water. We're gonna have something. to pour some water. We're gonna have to. Declan and I throat. will decide yeah. if. Okay. We will be standing with another bucket to catch yes. your cold water if needed yep. here. Okay. I don't think. This is. I don't think what I'm about to say is going to uh, to really truly be. If you think about this, um, it's just going to be a, the fire starting, and I want to control it. So Buxton was asked on Friday at the Fillmore at the event by Corey Provis, new TV play-by-play guy. Thank God. Uh, Byron Buxton was asked about being back in center field, which is the expectation or has been. It's been talked about this season. To which Buxton immediately said, oh, yeah, I'm back. <sighs> yeah, awesome. On Saturday, he, he talked more about this, and he said that his rehab feels, and I'm, I am quoting him directly, feels money, that he's been having success, that he's been doing a lot of work, that, this is, that he feels that this is it. Now, let's go back. And revisit his surgery, okay? Arthroscopic, so yes, it was not truly invasive. But he's coming off a knee surgery in which they are saying that he had a membrane flap in his right knee excised. That means they removed it. Okay. That means there was a... Excised. Excised. That means that there was a flap that they just took off. You could have used... Removed, but they wanted to having been cut out surgically. Surgically, yeah. So they cut having been removed from a. Oh, this is the alternate definition. Would be removed from text or piece of music. We're we're excising. We excised part of his knee. Thank you. Okay, we removed part of his knee. 
now he cut out surgically <laughs> part of his knee. Yeah, just keep saying it because what you're saying is going down the path. We that we, I, we amputated, amputated a section yeah. of yes. his knee. Yeah, a part <laughs> of your knee that you have, Byron Buxton doesn't. That's not good. In fact, I would prefer that like I didn't have that that part and that he did because it would be more fun to go watch him play baseball. Anyway, long story short, nobody then came back and said, "Okay, let's wait and see on this." Because here is the reality, in my opinion, with where this is trending. This is it. This is the last chance. If this does not work, and I'm going to tell you right now what we didn't talk about. All right? So he's been doing, and no one's ever questioned him. I'll say this for the thousandth time. No one, no one has ever questioned Buxton. He's, uh, it's not fair, but Maurer got the tag of being soft, right? I have not heard that other than a few just angry, bitter Twins fans. I've never heard that about Buxton. But let's get to the most important thing. This guy's done rehab throughout his life. He's been hurt a ton. He's always worked his ass off. He always goes in early. I mean, Phil, you saw that. Mm -hmm. But what we're not talking about here is this. And there was a problem last year, and I think what they're trying to fix. And if it's not fixed now, I think his career might be done. It's standing. It's standing in center field. It's, stand, it's the reason why I don't think anyone is talking about him playing a corner outfield spot, which, by the way, would make a ton of sense if that was going to help him. It doesn't matter. The, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. I think it's the standing. And so, you know what? Be optimistic, Byron. You should be. God bless you. I hope it works. It would be awesome. The reality is I think he's so optimistic because he knows if this does not work, this is probably it. I, I actually, I mean, you're kind of looking at it as like, you know, skeptical. Yeah, I just want to see. Well, yeah. okay. There, of course, there's not a great chance that he is just magically fixed and now he's going to have a run of five years in the center field. There's a really good chance that, you know, something flares up again in like April or May or whatever. But I love that they've landed here. Enough of like the DH stuff that, that, that really ultimately hurt them more than anything because he wasn't a great DH period. And then they couldn't like be as flexible with lineups because yes. they're trying to build everything around him as a DH. Yes. And it was his worst offensive season in like five years. His value is rooted in outfield defense and he's 30. So we don't know how much longer and he's, you know, his knee has just been, <laughs> they've been excising things from his knee. So obviously we don't know if he's going to be one of the top defensive center fielders anymore, but this is what they should do. This is what they should do. Listen, okay, if it works, awesome. Now we've got one of the best defensive center fielders. He's out there for 100, 120 games. That would be perfect for the Twins. If not, I think you can now move on safely after the season. Like, if this doesn't work, I don't know how that would work with, like, he'd probably want to keep rehabbing. Would you try to get him to retire? I don't know how that would work. But my biggest question is, okay, it's likely that this doesn't work. So who then plays center field? And you're really relying on, I mean, Austin Martin is going to be in the mix for sure. You did just claim Bubba Thompson, Willie former first-round pick. Willie Castro, said. yeah. So you're going to have like three dudes, maybe Max Kepler is still around, and you can convince him to play some center field. It sounds like, according to The Athletic last year, he didn't want to play center field. But my biggest question is, okay, are you prepared for this to not work? And Michael A. Taylor was a pretty good, he was one of the best defensive center fielders. He had some pop, so... That's kind of where I'm at. I like that they're doing this. I want to know what their contingency plan is. Uh, going back to our conversation at the end of the season after they got eliminated from the Astros, I'm, I kind of had the same take on it. it. Anything you get from Byron Buxton is gravy. They played their best baseball 
in 2023 when he was out of the lineup. They made a playoff run. They won playoff games without him. They accomplished things without him for the first time. They have a core roster around him that's pretty dang good and popping up. And if he comes back and he's Byron Buxton of old and he's healthy and he's playing 140 games, he's contributing, well, holy crap, now you've unlocked an awesome team. But I'm not counting on that anymore. I just I can't count on it. So anything you get from him is gravy on your Thanksgiving dinner. I, I'm, I'm not counting that this guy can ever really stay healthy and live up to his full potential. He's injury-riddled. And if he's healthy now, awesome. I'm excited for it. But I, I'm just looking at this as, a, as an extra bonus special. Yeah, I agree completely. And and that's the thing is like that's so so yes, he's excited and he should be and hopefully it does work, but I I think the key thing Dex is what you just said and Phil as well. I think the key thing is you got to have perspective here. But by now, and I also I'm with Phil completely and this is why I think that this is his last chance. I believe that if it turns out that he just cannot stand, right? Like he can't stand out there that he's done. Because the DH thing doesn't work. Like, that's not an option. Um, in, in fact, it clogs things up. So, like, I, to me, this is all or nothing in the sense of if you can play the outfield, awesome. You can contribute. If you can't, you really don't have a place on the roster. Yeah. So. I, and the, the other thing, too, just statistically on this, if you look at center field analytics by team, so the Toronto Blue Jays, had by far the most defensive runs saved at the center field position because Kevin Kiermeyer was their full season center fielder. Now he was a free agent. He wanted to go back to Toronto, so he did. But the the, twi- the this is my point. The Twins are running the risk of they were the Twins were the eighth best defensive center field unit last year in large part because Michael A. Taylor was really good out there. They were a plus seven defensive run saved. Toronto was a plus thirty six with Kevin Kiermeyer. He was available for the right price if you wanted to just have a really good center fielder. And they chose, I'm sure we'll get into the TV thing here as one of your points, they chose to not spend money. They've chosen not to bring Michael A. Taylor back, right? They've chosen to go essentially cheap with fingers crossed hope that Byron Buxton can get back to playing maybe 100 games. Um, I do think there's enough guys in the bin, like an Austin Martin could one of these guys pop up. But my biggest concern would be you go from the eighth best center field defense down to 25th because you're running Willie Castro out there more than you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And now your pitching is affected, right? Sonny Gray is gone. So having that defensive presence in center field is such a stabilizing pillar for pitching, for run prevention, everything. And they had it last year. They've had it for a long time with even Buxton playing 80 games. So, and one more thing on this. Buxton playing 70 games is better than Buxton playing zero games in the outfield. If he can still move sure. in the outfield. Sure. So to me, it's not this all or nothing. If you can get, if you can get him to play X amount of games, it'll, it'll help you win another game or two or three over the average center fielder. Right. Even if he's out there for only like a third or a half the season. Yeah. The only thing I would say about that is the problem is if you have to, and this of course, has happened on more than one occasion. If you have to shut him down in August again, that's my thing. So, like, you need him, let's say, play 70 to 75 games, and I have him yeah. for for the vast majority of the season. I think that's probably a success. But, you know, if it's another August 15th, knees barking, can't play anymore, see you next year again, then you've run in, into a problem. But... I think not. I think not bringing back Taylor is a mistake. Um, they could still, part, by the way, he's still a free yeah, agent. 
And I think they should because partially my problem is this. Willie Castro has a definite role and he plays it pretty damn well. But I, I go back to, and I'm not saying that they're the same player, but I go back to like Jay Cave, who had a role, right? And Rocco just started to run him out there. Yeah. And what you said is exactly right. You know what? When you take role players and decide, okay, this guy's doing me a solid. I'm going to continue to play him. How many times have we seen that fall apart? And this is true in all sports. Mm-hmm. So I'm with yep, you. Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, okay. Number two. Number two. The TV waiting game. A TV waiting game, I, I understand, I, I sympathize, I've had my own frustration. Where are we going to watch the Twins this season? Where are they going to be streamed? Uh, who's going to have the rights? And I've been like, why doesn't this get, get done? And Phil, you basically heard the same thing uh, when you went to the Diamond Awards that I heard at the media luncheon, which is, it's changing by the day. I can't give an update because, you know, what, what was true two hours ago, I then meet at 2 o'clock, and that's not true from noon, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Here is a key sticking point, though, that I think helps to explain it. It won't alleviate frustration, but I do think it helps to explain what's going on. The Amazon agreement with Bally's, which is huge, potentially, because that's the whole streaming platform. They bought bought a minority stake in Diamond Sports Group, right, for like $100 million? What I was told on background was no payments have to be made for a few months, and Amazon is getting a look-see. There is a fear that Amazon's going to look, see, and say, we don't like what we see, and get out. Mm. If that happens, here's one of the huge problems. The streaming reverts to Bally Streaming Service, which, as Declan and Phil can tell you, is a disaster. What would they not like? Like the numbers? Are they worried that that not that many people stream baseball games because it's an older crowd? Here's my, I don't know exactly, but here's my fear. Bally's is basically screwed, right? I wonder if they they would get in and see what a mess Bally's is and say, you know what? They're going to end up being bought out of bankruptcy court, which would be cheaper probably. Like, I think there could be a lot of business things. But anyway, the teams I think are very afraid of, and rightfully so, that let's say on July 2nd, it's like, okay, Amazon decided to get out, and now Bally's is streaming. Mm Mm-hmm. I think there's a, I think this has little to do with actual television as we know it and a lot to do with streaming and it should. So I think this is the problem is and and in the Twins case the one thing that they have is they do not have a contract. So like the majority of the, these teams they're actually going to court with Bally's they're still under contract. So they're a little bit tied up. Yeah. The Twins aren't. So if the Twins resign and it's a bad decision They've like gone back into the pool, which I think scares them. And that also is a problem. Yeah. And I mean, I think from a, obviously from a twin standpoint, it was so much easier for 20, 25 years when a big cable network would come in and say, we'll just cut you a check. So, you know, you're going to get for the next 10 years, you know, you're going to get 40, 45, $55 million a year. And then the TV network, the cable network, you know, Fox Sports North and eventually Bally's would sell ads against it. And they would presumably, I don't know if they would make money off that because they eventually went bankrupt. But like that would, that's an easier, cleaner arrangement, right? Just, okay, everything you, you pay for our product and you write us a check and it's clean. It's so messy now because on, a, on the streaming front, it'd be great if Amazon came in like more than they even did with the minority investment and say, you know what? 
for the 18 teams that are kind of up in the air with their streaming home. And maybe there's another five or six too. Like if you take the yes network out, like take the, the big networks and give those, those like the Yankees are going to want their yes network situation, right? But could Amazon come in at some point and say, all right, for the other uh, 18 or 20 teams, your games will be available. We will pay Major League Baseball X amount per year over five years, whatever it is. And those 18 to 20 home uh, home games or home schedules are going to be on Amazon Prime. But that doesn't fix the cable problem. Right. You st- you st- I don't think baseball would want to go, especially with an older audience, 100% streaming for their games. Because now, right. now you're going to alienate your core well, audience that doesn't yeah. necessarily know how. I mean, the NFL is kind of doing it with some of their product, but NFL's only NFL's doing it with their Thursday product, not with their sun, not with their whole product, not with their right. Sunday product. You know? Right. And eventually more and more leagues and teams are going to do this. But yeah, I, I just think that there's a lot of trepidation though, because Bally's is such a flop. Like I think it starts there. Because if you get left in June or July with their streaming platform, you guys, it's a it's an unmitigated disaster quote Stephen A. Smith. I mean, you think about that and now it's not, uh, it's not, you know, it's being, I mean, it's one of the worst streaming platforms I've ever seen. And I agree. It's bad. You know, so anyway, I, so anyway, part of the hangup is the actual worry about how the streaming um, agreement is going to work and if it really is going to work. And I don't think anybody wants to do, front end business with Bally's because they are just a colossal disaster. Yep. Okay. Number three. All right. Third, the All third right. thing you learned. Time for some reckless speculation, some real reckless speculation. I'm going to okay. go into a territory. Reckless speculation. So I'm walking around twins fest on Saturday and um, there was a suite that had um, a twins. Like, I don't know if you call it a pop-up shop, but a, a, a shop with like memorabilia, rosin bags, Packaged and sold for like thirty-five bucks. Mm-hmm. Nameplates from lockers, so you know hats and jerseys worn by probably slappies, but still, you know it's cool, right? Yeah. Well, as I walked in to my left on the bar, there were a couple of framed autograph photos being sold, very cheap. One, not surprisingly, the newest Los Angeles Angel, Miguel Sano. Okay, makes perfect sense. He's gone, been gone for. A while, right by that, being sold for twenty five bucks, framed, autographed, nice photo, Jorge Polanco. Jorge Polanco. Okay, so but what do you mean? Like so they're selling so, a current Twins players autograph at Twins Fest and for okay. twenty five dollars, cheaper than okay, Kenta Maeda's, cheaper than anyone else's I saw. Okay, what I'm saying is. Wouldn't be surprised if the business operations department said, you know, we've been we've been hearing or we've been told he ain't coming back. Let's so discount that autograph so, from so twenty eight to twenty five dollars. So so we're gonna discount it from like Kentamite was like forty bucks. So like they it was severely discounted. And I found that and then I got a note when I tweeted that that out, if this is correct, saying Polanco was scheduled to be a twins fest and wasn't. Now, I, I don't know if that was true or not, but Max Kepler was. All I'm saying hmm. is, all I'm saying is my gumshoe reporting skills, my sports <laughs> detective skills, fully, I'm very, I went Columbo. 
<laughs> Jorge Polanco out. Max Kepler stays. They had a thank uh, you. They had an auctioneer at Twins Fest who was you know helping with bidding and stuff. So I can just now see this auction. Like, do I hire twenty five for this autograph Polanco? Do I have thirty? Do I have thirty? Thirty five? Oh, actually no. Back to twenty. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars sold. To Nineteen dollars. Oh, sold. Fifteen. Thirteen dollars. Oh, no. Fifteen. You pay us. If we if pay Jorge, you. If Jorge Polanco gets traded, I just want it to be known here. That I put it out there. That first. you put it out there first. Oh, not, okay. not, not not the not, entire three ML, three months yeah. of John Morosi. I put it out John Heyman. Oh, screw Morosi. You know what he's getting? He, I'm seeing way too much twin stuff. Who does Morosi think he is? To come he on, wrote, by the way, he wrote the Justin Morneau yeah. voiceover yeah. for Joe really Mauer's Hall of Fame video. Yeah, he's a, he's very he's not, very good. Not but, Mike. So just to, yeah. Not Mike Farron going on just, Seattle radio, basically saying that Jorge Polanco would be a great fit for the no, Mariners three days ago. Okay, got it. Three months of credible industry it, reports, and Judd's like, I saw discounted I almost, autographs at Twins I almost Fest. bought it, by the way. <laughs> you should have. And then some guy right right by me popped in and grabbed it because it's such a good deal. Okay. <laughs> Number four. A new swing for Miranda is the headline. So Carlos Correa, and, and I've, I've this is the second consecutive year. I didn't realize this, but he asks the Twins to send him clips of teammates who are who are doing off-season work on things. And according to Correa, Jose Miranda, who of course was shut down b- because of a shoulder problem, which actually t- turned out to be, uh, I think, scar tissue or something on his rotator cuff. Ho- Jose Miranda, a lost season in 2023, but he hit 15 home runs two years back. If Correa is correct. And now I will say this. A year ago, Correa said, Jose Miranda's in the greatest shape. He's going to have a huge year. So Carlos tends to get excited. but He does. He does. But if he is correct, if Miranda can contribute, I think this provides an interesting discussion at first base. It'd be a great conundrum to have because yes. he was great with the bat a couple of years ago at times. So... Yeah, I mean, you just, especially if you're not, if, if you're going to kind of keep your roster as is, maybe they trade Polanco for a pitcher and that would be great. But there's a lot of ifs right now on the offensive and fielding side, right? If Buxton, if Kirilov, if Royce Lewis can stay healthy for a full season. There's just, there's a lot of health ifs here. If, um, I would even add, if Matt Walner can follow up his rookie season, how many twins have you seen with a really good rookie season? You know, go back to the Lou Ford. He was batting 400 for two months, right? I mean, there's been examples for 20, 30 Ford. years. Can Matt, is, are, 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 are we sure that everyone who is producing and everyone who stayed healthy is going to produce right. and stay healthy? Do we have enough track record? So right. getting another player in the mix to be, to be an option would be a great thing. We've kind of written him off, though, I feel like. like mm-hmm. Miranda kind of disappeared last year. Forgot and, about him. Yeah. But he was considered two years ago to be a really important yeah. cog in this whole thing. Uh, before we get to your fifth thing that you learned, a shout out to our friends at Zero Res. So Zero Res is here to help you deep clean your house. There's no better way to do it, and there's no better company to do it. A 4.9 out of five star rating on Google with 17,000 reviews. So Zero Res is here with the Score North special, which is three rooms zero resified, starting at just 119 dollars. Three rooms zero resified, 119 dollars, and 75 dollars off. When you get your air ducts zero res clean, call 952-ZERO-RES or ZEROResMinnesota.com and say you want that Score North special. Spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same. 
zero res. All right, what's the fifth thing that you learned sleuthing around this weekend? Okay, so first of all, congratulations to uh, to former Twins GM Terry Ryan and former bullpen coach and jack of all trades Rick Stel- Stelmasic, who passed yeah. away. Uh, both are going to go into the Twins Hall of Fame this summer, and that's right, no players are going in. So you're saying why not? All right. In 2014, Knobloch was elected but not inducted because of off-the-field unfortunate incidents. Um, in 2015, no former player reached the 60% threshold. It's 60% that was required to into the Twins Hall of Fame. Morneau was inducted in 2021 from 2020, but no player was elected that year. And according to the Twins, they are now going into an every-other-year cycle for players which I oh. think is probably pretty smart. So, not, yeah, well, because we had some we had some dark days there from. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. We like the 80s and 90s. Well, because we didn't start the Hall of Fame till like 2000 or 2001. 2000. Yes. So we got the whole 40 year history leading up to then. Yeah. And then once that well ran out, we had these great contraction twins players like Tori Hunter and Johan, all these guys. Mm-hmm. But then 2011 through 2021. And that's when Patrick got, got his guys like Tovar and Pasquale in, right? Yeah, who yeah. had been ignored, you know, in large part because people that vote hadn't seen them play. But now we're sort of at the, do you put Bernanski in? Do you put Smalley in? Do you put, you know, there's going to be, uh, so they're, they're going to, they're going to <laughs> switch. I don't know about that. I don't know Jim, about that, Jim. Don't know, Jim, 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 I don't know about anything anymore, really. I used to be good. I don't know what happened to me. But anyway, um, so. Terry richly deserves it, and yeah. Skelly probably does too. Mm-hmm. So those are the two going in, and I'm very curious to see next year at this time what former player gets in. Yeah, it's I'd have to see a list, I guess, and and kind of go down. Um, but it, yeah, we've there's not that many from like again 2011. All of the early 2000s twins are in for the most part, right? Right. So I'm trying to think of who would be left, but like. You know, in despite the fact that he had offensively a couple of really good years, I mean, I don't think Brian Dozier, and he's from that. I, I agree. I don't think he know. gets. I don't think. I think we have to draw a line somewhere. You know, small Smalley might might get in on a twin sort of lifetime contribution because of the TV work as well. Yeah, but he's not a slam dunk. Brunanski, no. you know, he got traded after '87. If Brunanski had stuck around, if Brunanski had been allowed to stay through '91. Yeah, I think he's a shoe in, but I don't know that he's a shoe in now. So, and and Steli is the first former coach to go in. Managers have he is the first uh, ex coach to go in. Kevin Tapney is he in? I don't think he's in. Oh. He was a really good. That's the thing. Really is like if you were really good for a couple of years, he was really the World Series see. thing helps, right? I mean, if he, I think that yeah. could push it, but. Again, I mean, he was a really good Twins pitcher for like. Well, he was a Twins pitcher for five or six years. He was a really good Twins pitcher for like three years, right? And he was one of their best starters on the World Series team. Yeah, in '91. Yeah, like that's kind of the line you're trying to like. I would say this, Kevin. If I don't think Tappany's in, Tappany would be more worthy than Dozier to me. They both were really good for like three years. They were both Twins for like five or six years. Feels like we're forcing it though at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every other year, until until They're the franchise to starts to you know pick up a little steam here, 
Uh, one other thing that wasn't on your list, but this came across from Thad Levine on one of the interviews he did. Mm. Uh, Brooks Lee will be starting the season at AAA, they said. And the minute he's ready, they'll make room for him on the major league team. But they're going to start him off at AAA. He is the Twins' number one prospect. He's a shortstop. you got to wonder, too, is he going to be more second base? You know, right now, in a perfect world, shortstop is occupied for the foreseeable future. Third base with Royce Lewis. Julian. Eddie Julian at second. You know, I know that you've been made fun of on uh, Twins Twitter, Judd, for suggesting uh, Brooks Lee to center field. He's not well, super athletic in that sense. So maybe it's more of like corner outfield, but you got right. at some point you got to find a place for that dude to play. I could see Julian at first base, but then where does Kirloff go? Right. So they got to figure some of this out. These are good problems. These are champagne right. problems, as the Vikings GM Quasi would say. This is just cheap poll ads again. Cheap poll ads. <laughs> What keeping Brooks Lee in Triple I don't know. It just sounds good. Know. Like if something's not right, yeah, I mean, yeah. cheap, cheap, cheap pull. Yeah. Come on, cheap, cheap pull. Ass. He's probably flying middle seat too when he gets called up. <laughs> Economy class. Uh, so there's five things Judd learned from sleuthing around at Twins Fest Media Day, and uh, we will hit you with another episode of the Score North Twin Show later this week as we keep counting down our top 25 twins of all time, a random twin of the week. If you could give this show on Apple and Spotify a five-star review and a positive rating, you can help us grow this thing with spring training just a couple weeks away. We'll see you later this week on the Scorner Twin Show.